The Peak Daily is brought to you by our title sponsor, TELUS. TELUS is a leader in social capitalism and believes that to do well as a company, we must also do good in the communities where we live, work, and serve. The $100 million TELUS Pollinator Fund for Good invests in for-profit companies and founders of impact-driven companies to help move the needle on social innovation in Canada through its support of companies generating both business and social returns. Learn more about the TELUS Pollinator Fund for Good at telus.com slash pollinator fund. I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosendahl, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, December 8th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, last night, the Buffalo Bills played the New England Patriots, and the Patriots won. I know that you are a huge Buffalo Bills fan. Are you disappointed with the outcome? I, I'm not a huge Bills fan. I went to one game, Jay, and you think I'm like this, like Nav Batia of the Buffalo Bills. No, I, I, you know what? I'm not that disappointed. I saw the game. I saw most of the game, and the weather was miserable. I don't know how anybody plays in that, but it does mean that it's like the the Patriots are going to win the AFC East. But m- more importantly, though, you called the Buffalo Bills Canada's NFL team, and I want to know if you stand by that. I, I've been thinking about this. Is it even the team that is closest to Canadian borders? And I'm not 100% sure. We have Seattle. We yeah. have Detroit. We obviously have Buffalo. So I don't know that it's even the one that's closest to Canada. I think Detroit has to be the closest because Seattle's like a two-hour drive. Buffalo's a two-hour drive. But Detroit, it's like right. Like, and, and the stadium's in downtown Detroit. And the stadium's in downtown Buffalo. We will have to do a field trip and measure it from the border to the stadium. Uh, maybe next season we'll do a whole run through Canadian border towns uh, and what the NFL teams are. That's- Although I also know a lot of people out east really like the New England Patriots because they are adjacent to it. So it'd be interesting to do a survey about what teams Canadians root for. It, it would cost us two grand in PCR tests, Jay. I'm not I'm not doing that. <laughs> Fair enough. It was maybe under 72 hours. Maybe we wouldn't need them. Brett, aside from who is really NFL's team for Canada, what do we have for Peak Bells today? For our first story, surplus city. For our second story, true north vaccine. And for our third story, mandated. For our first story, Canada's trade surplus jumped to $2.09 billion in October, the biggest jump since 2011 when, Brett, I think you might have been in high school. Yesterday, it was higher than expected job growth. Today, it's a massive trade surplus. What's up? You know, I wish I was that young, Jay. I was not in high school. I was was deep in university at that point. But and so, you know, Peak Pals know that we like to keep things accurate here on the Peak Daily. And so I looked up what a trade surplus actually is. And according to Investopedia, a trade surplus is an economic measure of a positive balance of trade where a country's exports exceed its imports. It basically means that we're selling more than we're buying. And you ideally want a big trade surplus because if you're selling more than you're buying, you have more money to actually buy the stuff that you need. And so for comparison, Canada's trade surplus for September was much lower at $1.42 billion. And now it's $2.09 billion. It's also the fifth consecutive month in which Canada exported more goods than it imported. And this is the longest streak since 2014. Put that in the Guinness Book of Trade Records. Around 80% of the jump can be attributed to an increase in exports of cars, car parts, and energy products, which is mainly oil and gas. Now, don't get too excited, Brett. While September and October were great months for our trade surplus, November's trade surplus could be much lower because of the BC floods that impacted trade to and from the port of Vancouver, which is Canada's largest port. So Brett, why should people care at all about the trade surplus? I feel like in many of our stories, we start really positive and we end really negative, and this one's no different. They should care because there are stormier seas ahead for our trade surplus. The U.S. is Canada's biggest trade partner, and if the U.S., Canada, and Mexico can't resolve their electric vehicle car trade issues, the softwood lumber issues, so on and so forth, it'll probably lower our trade surplus which isn't great for the overall economy. 
For our second story, Quebec-based Medicago's COVID-19 vaccine showed promising results in its test. Jay, this seems a little too little too late on the vaccine front. What's going on with our Canadian-made vaccine? Well, never too little, never too late when it's about a vaccine for COVID. So Medicago and the global pharma giant GlaxoSmithKline have been working on a plant-based vaccine for COVID-19 since last year. A fun fact, vaccines are typically made by introducing viruses and eggs, but Medicago introduces viruses in plants. The advantage is that these vaccines are quicker and cheaper to produce, which sounds very good as we try to vaccinate the planet. And not to sound too smart here, but the mRNA actually did away with that entirely. So that's how the old vaccines were made. So the Johnson & Johnson and the AstraZeneca, and then the mRNA has a whole new thing, and I'm not going to explain it to you. But phase three trials found Medicago's vaccine had a 75% efficacy rate against the Delta variant and a 71% efficacy rate in over 24,000 patients against all other variants of COVID-19, except for that elusive Omicron in comparison, Pfizer's vaccine had a 91.3% efficacy rate against COVID-19 in its phase three study. So, okay, it's not Pfizer great, but Medicago does say that the original Pfizer Moderna vaccine data was before any variant. So it's probably more around the 70% effective mark now. I'm not sure if that's just envy or if that's actually correct, but if approved by Health Canada, Medicago's vaccine will be our first homegrown vaccine against COVID-19 and the world's first plant-based vaccine for use in humans. But Jay, why else should Peak Pals care about our homegrown vaccine? Well, last year, I think we learned that you are a Twitter epidemiologist, uh, but I actually just checked with a real infectious disease person on Twitter, Isaac Bogach, uh, Canada's most famous infectious disease doctor, and he thinks this is a really good deal, so I'm going to go with him over you. But as Peak Pals might be aware, a lot of the world's really struggling to get access to vaccines, especially the Pfizer and Moderna ones. So global public health experts did welcome the addition of a new effective vaccine to the marketplace. The fact that it's plant-based also is very on trend for 2021-2022. No, it's like the Beyond Burger of vaccines. By the way, I can never be a Twitter immunologist because I hate needles. So I'll leave that in your court, Jay. Fair enough. For our last story, Canada's expanding its vaccine mandates to even more businesses next year. Brett, another vaccine story. What's going on with the Fed mandates now? So federal workers and all travelers are already required to be fully vaccinated. For travelers, this policy covers air, rail, and marine transportation businesses. But now the feds are expanding this mandate to any federally regulated business, which covers quite a lot, banks, telecom companies, and even cannabis licensed producers. They're also federally regulated, so this applies to them. The mandate represents 955,000 employees working for 18,500 employers, which is around 6% of Canada's total workforce. Well, maybe if we had a plant-based vaccine, many more of them would actually get vaccinated. The mandate has likely been introduced to curb the spread of the new Omicron variant, of course, and employers who don't follow the order may be subject to fines. So, Brett, why should PayPal's care about the Fed's new vaccine mandate? Well, what's kind of interesting is that the big employers that this covers, the Rogers, the TDs, the RBCs, they already have vaccine mandates. So it'll be interesting to see how this is applied to the smaller employers who fall into this category and how this category is even defined. Really, though, this is just the government trying to push even more Canadians to get vaccinated. And we sure hope that they do. But I am Jay, keen to see how these licensed producers respond. So I, I have this feeling like there might be a high unvaccinated rate there. We'll see. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson, who's a big Riders fan, I presume, and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And I'm going to do some deep dive research into which NFL stadium is actually closest to a border crossing. Yeah, that sounds like a fun evening. 